Well, we're in our fourth part of this series we've simply called Scrabble. And uh, like I've shared before, my wife and I, we spent the first uh, year of our marriage or so uh, playing tons of Scrabble. We just visited and, and got to know each other more and more and just playing this game. And, uh, of course, at some point in the game, you look at what you've ended up, the letters you ended up with, and you're like, look, I'm, I'm done here. You know, I can't do anything with this. I can't, make, I can't make anything out of this. And you know what? And sometimes, folks, sometimes our lives are that way. Sometimes we look at the stuff in our life and go, seriously? Seriously, God, I'm supposed to win with this. This is what I ended up with. This is what's happened. Some of it, it's, we can we'll openly go, uh, yeah, that's my fault. I, I did that. I kind of, this chain of my choices got me here. And then sometimes we look at it and go, the chain of that guy's choice or that guy's choice or these things got me here. Or I don't even know how I got here. But some, there we are. We've got that. And guess what? Guess what? Here's the beautiful truth we've been looking at this whole series. That there's nothing that our own choices there's nothing that the, that, the, that the choices of others or the direct attack of the enemy, because we do have an enemy, can throw at us that God can't take that and make it into something phenomenal. God is so, so good. So good at that. So as we are looking at that, now we, we've, we've talked about some concepts through here. Man, I just, again, I want to applaud the folks. If you were here, if you weren't here last week, I'm sorry. And so, because it was just phenomenal. Because we had some folks, some courageous people, who were willing to share in such a beautiful and raw way their struggle and the victory. The, the oh my goodness, what do we do with this? And the beautiful that God brought out of it. And we just had a really, really sweet moment here last Sunday. And coming out of that, when we focused on the overcoming, when we focused on that, that's what I wanted us to go out with this series on. That's what I wanted us to focus on. So if you've got your notes open, you've got your Bible open, let's turn to John 16, 33. It says, I have told you these things. This is Jesus. It says, I've told you these things. So that in me you may have peace. Where does that peace exist? In him. Outside of him there isn't peace. But in him there is peace. So that in me you may have peace. In this world. That's where we still are. We're still here. That's why we're not like in the presence of God. We're in these movie seats. In, while we're in this world. You will have trouble. Now if you got one of those red letter Bibles folks. This is Jesus saying it. Okay, Jesus, that's one of the promises he made you, is that in this world, trouble's going to hit. Ah, I wish, I wish he didn't say that. I wish he didn't say that, but he did. In this world, you will have trouble, but he does it in there. You didn't go, in this world, you will have trouble. <laughs> Good night, y'all. No, he doesn't stop there. He doesn't stop. He says, but take heart. I have overcome the world. All of a sudden, that begins to shift everything. He didn't say, but take heart. You fight hard enough, you do the right things, you hold your mouth just right, and you go, to, you go to church and you carry a big enough Bible and you say enough scriptures and you can overcome. He doesn't say that. He doesn't say that. He says, take heart. I've got a 10-step plan for you to overcome. No. He doesn't say it. He says, take heart. I have overcome. It, talked, it started out in him. It ends up. 
in Him. Because, man, sometimes, sometimes when there's some overcoming that needs to be done, all of this overcoming needs to be done on our behalf. This idea of having, what on earth, how, what am I supposed to do with this? I, I'm pretty sure that there was a Little League coach whenever I, the one season I played Little League, that he saw my skills and he said, what am I supposed to do with this? I was one of those scrabble tiles. And it wasn't even like it, wasn't even like it fit in the alpha. It's like somebody grabbed a scrabble from Arabic. And like threw one of the tiles in. He's like, what am I supposed to do with this? And uh, so I, uh, I play Little League one season. My, my, the Clark men are baseball guys, man. My, my, they just are. My, my grandfather was still pitching when he passed away. My dad played baseball. It just He couldn't wait for me to play baseball. And uh, so sign me up. And uh, I'm just not athletic. I'm just not. And so wanted to be... But just wasn't. And so I end up on this hot rod team. I end up on this really awesome team. And the fact that I ended up on the team should have said something. That I was kind of, they were like, it was weight. I was weighing them down on the other side of the spectrum. And Because uh, two of them, they had two brothers. One of them ends up playing like eight seasons of pro football as quarterback. And um, his younger brother um, uh, played um, quarterback at A&M. Both of them led Permian at different years to state football championships. I mean, just super athletes, just hot rod athletes, just anything athletic, they could do it. I'm on their team. And so, and uh, this, this coach, he has to figure out something to do with me, and by the rules, he has to stick me on the field at some point in time. Okay, at some point. I don't want to go out there. The bench is nice. <laughs> Nobody ever yelled at me for messing up the bench. Nobody ever said, seriously, Clark! When I was on the bench. Bench was a good spot. It was awesome. Bench was great. And so they would sit there and sure enough, you know, you have the first innings to where they get the good lead. And then it comes to the later innings. And they're like, all right, Clark, you're in. Well, then, you know, if I'm out in the field, that means I've got a hit. And that's just scary. And, uh, and so they stick me out in that field nobody hits to. Whatever one that is. I don't see. I don't know about baseball. Right field? Right field. Thank you. Stick me out in right field. I'm out there. Nobody hits out there. And uh, so they hit out there. And I remember this one, this one game. It's top, top of my season. It was awesome. And uh, sure enough, this batter comes up. He, does, he swings wrong or something and cracks. Boom. And man, and I, when it hit, I knew it. I could just hear it because my gut got tight. It's like... Man, this ball is coming to me. Flies over the infield that's coming right at me. And I'm just like, no! And so thankfully, it hits the ground. And I'm like, okay. So I sit there and I position myself. And I probably had my eyes closed when the ball went into my glove on the ground. It was awesome. It didn't go through. It didn't pass me. I stopped it. And I threw it infield. I don't know if I threw it to the correct base, but I just stopped and I threw it the right direction. We end up winning that game. Okay? Now, I'm telling you, I'm telling you, that's the only good thing I did. I'm serious. I was so bad. I'm telling you. I was so bad at baseball. That one good thing, that game, we won that game, they gave me the game ball. I'm not joking. I am not joking. They present me with a game ball because I stopped one grounder. 
Like, this is the only time we're going to have a shot at recognizing this kid. You stopped the grounder. You rock, boy! We were all biting it. Oh, he's going to let it slip by. He stopped it. And so it was the, I won the game ball. So here we were. We win the game. I didn't win the game. Other people won the game. People who were hot rod baseball players won the game. People that were incredible athletes won the game. I did one little teeny weeny thing right. And I end up with the game ball. I go home with the game ball. I kept that thing proudly on my desk. Took me years to realize that was a pity trophy. I'd show people, I want, they gave me the game ball. Took me years to figure out, Dad, come. I wish they wouldn't have given me that ball. But there was one of those things somebody overcame on my behalf and I got all the goods. Somebody else did everything right and I got the benefits of it. That is what we're understanding. That is where we are in Christ. Jesus did it. We needed somebody to come in and handle it for us. We needed somebody to, to handle the sin issue. We needed somebody to handle the righteousness issue. We needed somebody to come in and deal with all the junk that keeps us separated from God. Handle that and then go, okay, now here this is. This victory is yours. You can now live in that. You are right because of what I've done. That is what this is. See, folks, we overcome because Jesus overcame. That's why you're not going to sit here and, and you're not going to show up at Celebration Church and hear a big pep rally or seminar about how to live a little bit better. No, we're going to understand and try to learn about a little bit more about what's already been done for us. Because when we get a hold of that, it changes us on the inside. Instead of us trying to be squeezed from the outside to live this righteous life and earn something from God, we begin to recognize God earned something for us. And now we get to live in that. And the freedom and the all of a sudden now sin doesn't have the hold it used to have. It's not because I'm not feeling like I've got to go at it and beat it. I now can let Christ come in. Like, oh, now I can live free from that. Now I can live free from it because he came in and he handled it for me. Now, do I, if I have this place of responsibility and, and, and this awesome thing of, of, of just saying yes to what the Holy Spirit has for me every day? Yeah. But it's because I'm already in relationship, not because I'm trying to get in relationship. It's because I'm where I'm already placed. It changes. It absolutely changes everything. I love the way the message translation reads that scripture. I told you, <clears throat> I told you all this so that trusting me. Remember at Celebration Church, we're about knowing God better and trusting him more. Folks, that's living a life of faith. It's knowing God and trusting him. Whenever we begin to say and he begins to speak about our lives lining up and us, us, our actions, which is what everybody can get all tweaked about is our actions. Well, you need to do this. A good Christian does this. We begin to say he, he gives us things and there are things that, that, that our lives should line up with. But when we recognize that we can trust him with that, all of a sudden it's not this struggle of, I don't want to obey you, but I'm going to do just to keep you happy. No, it's all of a sudden I'm going to do this because that's where the life is. All of a sudden it's doing that. So, so that trusting me, you will be unshakable, assured, deeply at peace. In this godless world, you will continue to experience difficulties, but take heart. I've conquered the world. Man, that just absolutely changes everything. I loved it this week. We do a, 
Uh, we're reading through the Bible together. For those of y'all that don't know, it's on our website. We see Bible reading, and somebody comments on it every day. We read through it over the course of a year. And somebody's commenting on that chunk of reading every day. And normally we write it out. And we published a book together last year. We're going to publish another book together this year. It's exciting, all of us combining together to do that. But this week, uh, Dave Levesque, uh, one of the guys on our team put together, and he did his via video, and it's so dovetailed with what we have to say. Would you just roll that? As we are going to try our Bible reading blog today via video. So uh, we hope it works out well since we've got the new website up and running and everything, and we hope you enjoy it. I'm going to talk a little bit today about Peter, mainly because I relate to Peter pretty much because... Uh, I think he's kind of a guy that's always wanting to kind of help out and do things on his own and always speaking up and probably speaking out of turn some, sometimes and, and uh, those types of things. So I'm going to talk about Peter in our uh, passage from, uh, from John 13. And um, what's just happened is, you know, Jesus has just gone through and he's just washed the disciples' feet. He's just instituted uh, communion. And he's just told the disciples that he's fixing to leave them and that they should love one another uh, as he has loved them. And uh, Peter pops up and says, you know what, Lord, I don't care where you go, what you do, what's going on, whatever it is, as he always does, Peter, speaks up, probably out of turn, and uh, says, I'm going to go with you. No matter what, I'm going to go with you. And Jesus looks at Peter and says, Peter... You know, not only are you not going to come with me, but, you know, really you can't come with me. And to make it worse, you'll deny me three times before the morning. And, uh, you know, I relate to Peter wanting to put in my fair share and wanting to help out. And, uh, you know, I've been sick this past year and, and I've done some of those same things, wanting to try to earn something from God or add my input to receive a bigger blessing or to receive a healing or sometimes we think to receive our forgiveness we've got to do something but the truth is is we can't go where Jesus went he went to a place for us and he purchased our healing he purchased our uh, forgiveness he purchased our righteousness our favor and our abundance all of it at the cross when he, he went through it all and cried, it is finished. The work is already done, and as Christians, we've got to just set back, take a load off, and find a way to relax and rest in the finished work of Christ. Amen? That is, that is, yes. That is, that's exactly what we're talking about. That religion tries to earn it relationship accepts what he has done and allows him to begin to shift and to change us from the inside out are we going to change yeah are decisions going to shift yes are the things that are li- that we do in our life our life patterns some of our choices are they going to change absolutely but because of the work that he's doing in us not because of something we're trying to do on the outside for him first john 2 says i write to you fathers because you have known him who is from the beginning. I write to you, young men, because you have overcome the evil one. I write to you, dear children, because you have known the Father. I write to you, fathers, because you have known who he who is from the beginning. I write to you, 
young men, because you are strong and the word of God lives in you and you have overcome the evil one. That is where it is, is that we allow the word of God to live in us. That begins to make us strong. That begins to change us. That begins to shift our lives. But so you and I, we must be aware that we are in Christ and that he is in us. We have to understand where we are or it, or it messes everything up. It totally, it totally messes everything up. First John 4, 4 says, you dear children are from God and have overcome them because the one who is in you is greater than he who is in the world. The one who is in you is greater than he who is in the world. That is why we've overcome. We begin to be aware of who we really are connected with. Who we really are connected with. My pastor growing up had uh, something he would tell his, his children when they would leave the house. He said, remember who you are and who you belong to. You begin to go out of the house and you have that awareness of who you are and who you belong to. That's what we need to do. When we get up in the morning, we need to be, understand, I am a child of God. You, dear, our dear children, are from God. And we have the greater one living on the inside of us. Is trouble going to come? Yeah. But we don't get rocked. We have peace. Because he has overcome. The ugly, the, the ashes, they can and do turn to beauty. It changes, changes everything. And this overcoming happens, and it happens this way. We overcome evil with good. Romans 12 says, Do not take revenge, my friends, but leave room for God's wrath, for it is written, It is mine to avenge. I will repay, says the Lord. On the contrary, if your enemy is hungry, feed him. This is your enemy. If he's thirsty, give him something to drink. In doing this, you will heap burning coals on his head. Do not be overcome by evil, but overcome evil with good. The world tells us to, to, to give evil for evil. Man, our nature, it comes to give evil for evil. Man, all of a sudden, why on earth does somebody, when somebody cuts you off on the road, it's not paying attention, they cut you off where on earth does this thing come from that you want to hit your accelerator, pass them, and then cut them off? You almost had a wreck, so in retaliation, you almost have another wreck. That doesn't make sense, but am I the only person that wants to do that? Y'all look at me like I'm crazy. I know my wife does it. I had to install a brake on the other side. I should try but that thing, we want to give back evil for evil. The, the, in our fallen world, that's the way we want to do it. But God says there is a better way. There is a better way. Instead of this evil cycle where you give evil and reap evil, evil and reap evil, we break it. We, we throw something new in there. And all of a sudden, we throw good. We throw good in there. We throw good in there. I talked about it last week when I talked about wrecking my Mustang. And there it was. And I was ready for the retribution. And my dad steps in and ends up and gives grace and love and forgiveness. Instead, a cycle that easily could have spun out of control, all of a sudden, good was bestowed. Good was bestowed instead of evil. It, all of a sudden, that can change everything. Romans 12 says, love must be sincere. Hate, hate what is evil. 
cling to what is good. When we see evil taking place, and when it sits there and it ticks us off, that, that it should. There are things we can, be, we can be angry and not sin. There are things that ought to get your blood boiling. There are things that ought to tick you off. And it ought to be the evils of this world. And, when, and our response to it should be to begin to want to insert good. Begin to be good in that situation. Begin to bring life to that situation. That's why we throw this phrase around all the time about life-giving, life-giving. We want to be a life-giving church. We want to have life-giving small groups. We want to have life-giving everything. Because there's enough death and destruction around that we want to throw in and we want to insert some life. Because that begins to change the cycle of everything. See, folks, the more we are aware of being in Christ, the more that this overcoming goodness thing grows in our life. You know what? Don't beat yourself up that, you know, that the old fleshly response is still maybe the first thing to pop up. You know, and you go, ah, why did I do that? Guess what? The fact that you go, oh, why did I do that? That's a win. Most people don't do that. They're just like, you know what? You smack me, I smack you. What's up? You know, that's the way it goes. But the fact that you smack me, I smack you, and then I go, oh, dude, I'm sorry I smacked you. That's good. That's progress. That's better than we're... So we want to get beyond that. We want to move forward to where maybe, you know, we stop it where our hand... Oh, I almost smacked you. I didn't. And then finally where we're like, somebody needs some love. Come here. Somebody needs a hug. That's where we ultimately want to get that it grows in our lives. And we have to celebrate every little thing. Because sometimes we think, if I don't go all the way to here... I haven't had progress. And then we short-circuit it. The fact that you apologized. Some of you, that's a big win. Some of your spouses are going, yep. They said, I'm sorry. It's like, woohoo! We need to mark this on the calendar. They said, I'm sorry. And so sometimes just that's a big deal. Sometimes that's a win. We just sit and we allow God to grow this inserting goodness in us. Sometimes it just starts with apologizing for, the, for us throwing extra evil in there. Then we just grow, and then pretty soon we look up, and we're just, it's just good. It's flowing out of it. It'll grow in us. Colossians 1, so we're closing this down. It says, for this reason, since the day we heard about you, we've not stopped praying for you and asking God to fill you with the knowledge of his will through all spiritual wisdom and understanding. And we pray this in order that you may live a life Worthy of the Lord and may please him in every way. That's what we want. Bearing fruit in every good work. Growing in the knowledge of God. Being strengthened with all power according to his glorious might. Not our own might, but his glorious might. So that we may have great endurance and patience and joyfully giving thanks to the Father who has qualified you to share in the inheritance of the saints in the kingdom of life. We're growing, we're growing, we're growing. Remember, Celebration Church, we've agreed on this. Two can't walk together unless they agree. And we agreed to move forward. We agreed to move forward. And sometimes moving forward just means doing less stupid stuff. Sometimes that's, that's formal. You're doing less dumb stuff until all of a sudden you do some, some smart stuff. And then it's all, all wise choices. And then all, that's where we're going. But we're going to move forward. And we have this promise that we can grow in that because John 15 says, I'm the vine, you are the branches. If a man remains in me, stick it out. Remain in him. If, if we remain in him, and I, if he in me and I in him, 
He will bear much fruit. It's going to happen. Apart from Him, apart from me, you can do nothing. See, folks, that's what this is. We get, sometimes we look at our hands and then we go, or the scrabble hand and those tiles, we're like, God, I don't know what to do. But folks, here's the truth. God wants us to trust him with the stuff that we don't understand so that he can work in us to make our lives and the lives of others become more than we ever imagined. That is what he wants. That is what he wants. That is what he wants. The enemy wants to get you just focused on the trouble. Oh, it's just trouble. It's just trouble. This God thing isn't any good because, look, you still have trouble. Jesus said, guess what? You're going to have trouble. But I've overcome. We stay focused in him and let him bring the win. Let him bring the win, folks. That is what this is all about. That's what he wants to do. He wants to make your life glorious. He does. He does. Even though you don't see how it can happen, he does. And as we stay in him, he brings it about. And where it begins, step one is recognizing that we need that, that we need a savior and that he's him. And if you're here this morning and you haven't started that, that's the starting gate. We have to first be in him. That's what this whole message has been about. It's about being in him and and, and his completed work. And if you haven't started there, you're not even, you can't even begin. So I appreciate if everybody kind of bow your heads, we're going to create a quiet moment here. And if you need to say yes to Christ,